Hey everybody, I'm Alicia and welcome to the Medicine in Color podcast, a platform where I highlight the voices of men and women of color in all aspects of medicine and elevate their stories for the world to hear. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Medicine in Color podcast. How are y'all doing? I know that the nation and the world is in a very uncertain and interesting time right now, and things are shifting daily, even hourly. So I hope that my conversation with this week's guest is a reprieve from some of the stress around the COVID-19 outbreak. With cities shutting down, all non-essential services, schools closing, um, churches moving to online streaming, aka Bedside Baptist, and all the changes, many are fearful and worried about what's next. So here in Philly, they've mandated the closing of all non-essential services, and our campus has gone completely virtual until May 1st at the earliest. As the CDC mandates um, postponement of large gatherings, match day celebrations are canceled, and graduations are really just hanging in the balance. So at this point, I, want, I do want to pause and say congratulations to every fourth year around the country who matched this week and will be joining the ranks of those on the front lines very soon. Uh, congratulations to you. You are appreciated. And as the state of our healthcare system shows, you are absolutely needed. Yes, our lives have shifted drastically as we practice social distancing in an effort to curtail the spread of COVID-19. But what I want to encourage you all is to use wisdom and be discerning while also maintaining awareness. Here's what I mean by that. Social media has tons of headlines and information circulating, some true, some false, um, but use trusted resources for your information. Like, look for the facts. Um, <clears throat> I also want to encourage you to look for the positives in this. Uh, for those families who are now working from home, this is an opportunity for you to spend time with your children if you're a parent, with your partner, um, or alone if you're single, or with your roommates. It's an opportunity for you to make some um, some great memories. And for those of you with tons of creative ideas that maybe they've been put on the back burner because of your work schedule, or you've just been tired or haven't had the time, there's an opportunity for maybe you to work on those um, creative ideas, work them out date without a daily commute. If you've just been tired um, and you need to rest, there's an opportunity for rest. And so as a second year, I'm getting ready to sit for my board exam <clears throat> coming up in a couple of months. And so for those of us who um, are in this preparation process, yes, testing centers have closed temporarily, but you get more dedicated time to study. I know that has certainly been a gift for my classmates and me. So um, look at the positive, positives in this. On the podcast, I talk quite a bit about protecting your peace. So here's how I'm doing that. Uh, I am limiting my news intake to morning and sometimes evening updates. I am starting my day with a daily meditation, and um, I'm also exercising daily in some way. So um, yesterday I ran heels and did some core work. Today I um, got up this morning, did a little hit workout in my my uh, living room, which is also my office. So like a foot away from, my, really less than a foot away from my desk is my yoga mat, my jump rope, and some and some weights. Um, so I'm exercising daily, going out for walks, those kind of things. 
um, going outside for a walk while maintaining my distance, uh, praying and filling my space with music that just lifts me. And um, today I FaceTimed a friend so that I could say words out loud to someone other than myself. And so uh, do the things that help you maintain and protect your peace. You can be aware and not be consumed. Again, you can be aware and not be consumed. Protect your peace, y'all. Um, so finally, before I jump into today's, to today's guest, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for our nation and, and other nations across this world and the many people who will be hardest hit. So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this moment. I want to pray for everyone listening and their families and for this nation and countries around the world where there is fear and concern be a source of peace. Where there's lack and need, be a provider. Where there's weariness, be our rest. Lord, cover every hourly worker, entrepreneur, and business owner, parent, teacher, every student, and those who are most marginalized and overlooked in our population. Cover those who are at greatest risk for infection and protect their bodies in the midst of this. This change in our daily living will hit some harder than others. So Lord, exercise your sovereignty to ensure that every single need is met. Cover our healthcare workers, physicians, nurses, PAs, support staff, pharmacists, and all who are on the front lines using their gifts that you've given them to help heal and care for those who are infected. Thank you for infectious disease specialists and researchers who are working diligently to develop treatment options. As you've kept us many times, many generations before, I am confident that you will do the same in this present time. So we submit every concern to you and with confidence and peace, we sit back and we watch you work. Amen. Amen, y'all. All right. So on to today's guest. Um, I met today's guest, Asa Say, at the Region 8 um, Medical Conference here in Philly. And she has such a presence that not only commands a room, but is welcoming, kind, and joyful. And as you will hear on this conversation, she is straight up just cool people. So I'm looking forward to sharing this. So let me tell you all about her. Asase Obo was born and raised in the suburbs of Los Angeles, California. She's a graduate of UCLA and earned her Master of Public Health with an emphasis in global health leadership from the University of Southern California. After her graduate program, she continued on to complete a post-bac program at Charles Drew University. She's a current third year at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine with the goal of matching in internal medicine and completing a fellowship in gastroenterology and hepatology. She is the national president-elect and will be the national president for the SNMA for the 2020-2021 administration. Additionally, she is the new student trustee to the Board of Trustees for the National Medical Association. So along with her medical pursuits, Asase is a professional freelance photographer and she has traveled to 41 countries. Sis be on these flights, y'all. Uh, this was such a wonderful conversation and I'm grateful for her. Yes, she was dropping all the gems on this here podcast. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Asase. Enjoy. So I say welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you for joining. 
Yes, thanks so, for having me. Yeah, yeah. So um, the first question is, what do you do and why? <laughs> that's, that's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. All right. Um, well, I guess I'll list the things that come easy, I guess, off the top of my head. Um, so one, I'm a med student, so I'm in medical school. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a world traveler. I'm a photographer. Um, shoot. I don't know if I call myself a life liver. I think that's like <laughs> one of the best uh, things that I've been told I am. Um, but I think that everything, mostly everything that I do um, is honestly because I feel like God has placed certain callings on my life mm -hmm. and has really ordered my steps for me to do these things. So like photography was one thing I never would have imagined that I would be that would have a hand in medicine. We could talk about medicine all day. You know, I never had anyone, I didn't know anyone um, that was a physician. Um, and so there were so many things that God had to put in place. My parents immigrating to this country at the right time, telling us that this is what we could be, you know, not setting limits to what we could be. And then the people that I met along the way that ended up encouraging me to pursue this, this um, field. Um, Everything that I am doing is because God has called me to do it and has made it so. So I guess that's 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 the simple why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the simple why. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And so, um, what like how did you get to this point? What made you decide? You talk about everything kind of have to be in alignment, right? So mm -hmm. all things having to happen. But like, what made you decide to pursue this career? Yeah. So for medicine in particular. I mean, I had, to re I had to really come to terms with medicine being a calling for me, um, especially, again, like that Nigerian parent component, it can't be slept on at all. Like I was in college thinking I had been, like that movie Inception came out with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I was like, dang, my parents did this to us. Because <laughs> I don't even know why the heck I'm sitting in this chemistry class struggling. Like, I ain't got to do this stuff. I was like tutoring. Um, and, um, and like teaching students in like some of the local high schools. And I was like, man, I could be a teacher and I would enjoy this. I can learn about education and how to, how to teach these babies properly. You know what I'm saying? And like, and I would be happy. So why is it medicine? Why is it this? Because this seems like, this seems too hard. I don't know if it's worth it. And so um, I started doing like volunteer work um, in like the greater Los Angeles area, mainly um, surrounding hypertension and um, healthy eating. And so we would go into um, community centers, barbershops, mainly barbershops on Saturday mornings and do like blood pressure screenings and like many healthy heart workshops. And I think that was when like having that, that, that connection and being able to, to educate and um, honestly, yeah, connect with, with people that looked like me, with people that had some some similar struggles um, um, as I did and being able to have an impact on them and encourage them to go into their doctor and provide them with resources. I think it, it, it reminded me like, okay, yeah, girl, despite all this OCHEM struggle and chemistry and bio, ugh, this, is, this is definitely where you're supposed to be because you leave every time feeling more and more fulfilled. Yeah. So I was like, okay. That's how I ended up learning about like public health. And so I was like, all right, public health's got to be in this joint somehow because I don't really feel like you can you can't come and address this and be successful in medicine. It didn't make sense for me. So I was like, all right, public health for sure. Let's still figure out this, this why medicine. And um, 
I ended up going to get my master's in public health and having to like have that conversation with myself multiple times um, as I knew like what the road ahead was in terms of getting into medical school for me at that point. GPA was whack. We ain't gonna talk about MCAT. So there was, the journey was still long at that point. And I think because I had to really reflect on my why and reflect on my story, my life story up to that point, things just kind of became clear. Like I wanted to be at the forefront of medical care. I wanted to be hands-on, not just dealing with like the social factors that, that affect um, one's health, but also understanding like the science behind it and being able to treat someone. Um, I think I wanted to make sure that I was the decision maker because I've been in the place where I have not been the decision maker and realized like how powerless I felt. And I want to make sure that there's less people feeling the way that I felt in that moment. Mm, and it, yeah. And I think, I think like a lot of us have the stories of like people that we love that, that got sick. Like my mom had breast cancer twice, mm-hmm. ends up having a genetic component. So then I had to deal with like going and getting tested and making sure that I'm doing these breast exams and all these and being knowledgeable, even the effect that that had on my brother, because it doesn't, it's not just a a female issue. It also hits the males too. And so like realizing like my own journey through healthcare and going to Nigeria and seeing family members die from inadequate access. I think all of it just started to come together as I sat and reflected on it um, at that time. And it just became clear, like, girl, you, you can't be a nurse because you can't keep your mouth shut. You can't just do this. You got to understand it. Sis, you got to know. You got to be all up in it. Yeah. You, you can't have a boss, baby girl. Yes. You, you, like, you know what I mean? You can't, yes. I can't have a boss. I don't even know if I'm going to have the administrator tell me what to do because I might have to be the administrator. <laughs> and the doc. I don't even know. We're going to pray on it because we humble and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But that, it was just very clear. Very clear. I need to. I need. It needs to. I need to be the doctor in the room. Yes. Listen. Same. Like I realized a long time ago, I don't want to be the assistant to the boss. I need to be the boss. Mm. I can't. I don't. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't. I don't. It's not that I don't um, like for others to lead, and you know, when they're good at when they're maybe maybe they have a better quality and lead in this area than me. But in general, I don't want to have to like sit under somebody's guidance when I know, you know, perhaps this right here might be better. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and I, maybe that's just my personality. I can't, I just can't do it, Shelly. I, I, you, know. you know, you know, you watch the movie like Horrible Bosses and stuff and you, and you see them too. You're like, why are you making that decision? It's mm-hmm. not the right one. I don't, I just don't have time for that for like the majority of my life. You know what I'm saying? Twenties and under. Honestly, I was, I'm a freelance photographer. I'm not even gonna lie. I think I had a boss once. Yeah. And I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) My brother makes fun of me because I will quit a job, right? I, Mm -hmm. it's not that I like, I love to work. I love to like be engaged and do stuff, but Mm -hmm. I ain't for people's stuff. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't have the patience. And I'm like, he's like, Alicia quit a job because I don't have time for people mess. And I know that I have some skills. I can always do something else. And yeah. Yeah. But listen, Girl, you said a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so you talked about like your journey being not necessarily traditional, so to speak. We use that word a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And talk about that. yeah, similarly, so I did like I came out of undergrad. I knew that I wanted to be a doctor, but I think it, it's, it took time for me to figure out like how 
like why, like why I wanted to do it. Was I want to do it because someone else said that I should do it or because it was right. just, you know, like it's this expectation of me. Um, mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Southern black parents ain't no, <laughs> might be pretty love, good parents. You know, you know. <laughs> Listen, I told my dad and I love to write. I'm a, I'm a pretty good writer. And mm-hmm. uh, I told my dad years ago, I was like, I want to be a writer. He was like, you think medical school too tough, huh? I'm like, bro, I, I, it's not that I, I can like, <laughs> I can do that, but I can write too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I was like, I want to be, I wanted to write for like Essence Magazine and all these other things. Mm. Like, you, think med- you think medical school too tough? I'm like, bro, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so like, talk about the, di- like, it's just, it's like all these things. Like I went to undergrad, the undergrad, got an MPH, went into a, a post-bag grad program and then came into medical school. And that's mm-hmm. a story for a lot of people. And you talked about metrics. Now my metrics were a little um, <clears throat> raggedy. And mm-hmm. so, but by the grace of God, <laughs> I guess. Raggedy, raggedy, raggedy makes for a good story. Yeah, it does. It's a real good one. Real, a lot of cities <laughs> lived in all over the place. Like mm-hmm. it was raggedy, but it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about how like you addressed those challenges and you kind of overcame them, so to speak. Like just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the main, I think the main thing that made the difference was that one, I had to be honest with myself mm-hmm. and realize that I was not my scores yeah. because my scores, even the scores, if they could talk, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> if people knew what I was going through at each step of the way, it's like my, my grades would go up, then they would just drop down. Mm-hmm. Like, do a bore you in class? Honestly, no. You know what I'm saying? So, like, each each one can tell a story of, like, what I was going through, whether there was personal things at home that I just couldn't overcome and then factored into my grades or being stuck in a major that I thought I had to stay in. Yeah. But I thought you could only be a science major or whatever to get into medical school. Specifically, I'd been told biology or, or die. Mm-hmm. And biology was not for me. Like, plants and insects. Ooh. Look, whoever God has blessed with the love of those things, he didn't bless me with that kind of love. Yeah. And that was like, like third and fourth year was like a struggle, a struggle. And I used to compare, I used to put those together with the maybe I'm not meant to be a doctor. Well, I'm like, sis, there's not even any logic to it. If I were to really think about it, I don't know where my mom was at back then. But if I was to really think about it, I'm not even studying the things that a physician would study. Like all the things I've been studying in med school, fine. Mm-hmm. It's been great. Like, all the things that of, of how the body functions, how the body heals itself, all of it. Freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if I had this in college, it probably would have been a different story. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one, like not being able to spend the time studying something that I was actually passionate about. I think that definitely had an effect. And then seeing the grades and not equating that, that, that there was a huge disconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think for a while, like, I remember my parents forced me to apply to med school. I applied to med school twice. Mm-hmm. Um, once during my uh, master's program, when I hadn't, I hadn't done a post-bac program yet, hadn't retaken the MCAT from when they made me take it the first time. It was, I really had to just pray and be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to obey because you called me to obey and I want peace and I have no peace right now. And I, and I literally just had to give that up to God. I was like, they paying for it. I'm paying for a cent. Yeah. <laughs> rejection central and I ain't wasting a dime on this so I remember having to sit there and put in those grades and feel like PTSD mm-hmm. like going Ooh, yes, yes, like, yes. 
I'm an A student. This C right here, this ain't me. This is this is this is homegirl. I don't even know homegirl. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I had to really come to a point where I was like, okay, you're gonna go and you're gonna do a post back and you're gonna show yourself what the truth is. Yeah. Because I think maybe you just you just weren't studying the right thing. You didn't have no support, you had no advisors. Like my sister moved back from, she went to HBCU and she moved back with all the confidence in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was over here, PWI shorty, looking like, looking like I've been tore up from the flow up. And so, whoo, she was speaking life into me like, girl, no, you got this girl. Don't yeah. forget who God made you the baby. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn, I should have gone to Xavier. X you, you know, adopt me, damn. And so um, ends up going to post back. And I think I remember studying for my first test and we're driving and she's dropping me off um, at school because we shared a car at the time and I'm having her quiz me and I'm just riddling off everything, like no problem. And she's just like, girl, you killing it. And I started crying in the car. She said, hey, yo, 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 don't crash, girl. Get it together. You can't see with them tears. And it was like, finally, this is it. The A's came like like clockwork, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So I I mean it, it really took like one that dissociation that I am not my grades. Mm-hmm. Two, um, have finally having a support team that would encourage you that would encourage me specifically. Sorry, um, that would encourage me to to move forward and remind me who the heck I am, mm-hmm. and then doing the work and seeing the results. So when I finally applied again. Um, I had a I had a higher MCAT score, but I had MCAT trauma, MCAT PTSD. So I don't know. I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't really study that last time because I was trying to study, and I would just be like, oh, anxiety. And at the time, not knowing how to fully navigate it, so I just stop and be praying and worshiping, and then come back for another twenty minutes, and then stop for an hour, and then you know. Yeah. Um, but I think really like just repeating to myself like, you are not these scores. These scores do not say whether or not you are capable of being a doctor. You still communicate with people very well. You connect with people. You will connect with your patients. And so when I got those interviews, I remember one specific interviewer said, okay, so, you know, we were looking through your transcripts, you know, and it's, it's rough. It's rough. Mm-hmm. And then you went to, you, you graduated. You went to get your bachelor's. You were doing some classes on your own. All A's. Went to post back all A's. What happened? What happened? Because there's got to be a reason. Like, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's like, boom, it's like switch turned on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, you know what? My story is a page turner. I don't even know where that came from, but I was like, oh. <laughs> my draw, yeah. I, that's it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even, it's, it would take me too much to explain to you the complexity that was college. That was, that is the black experience in college. Mm-hmm. The psychosocial, like yeah. for me to break it down would be too much. Just turn the page. Just tell them when you go to that committee, I just said, just turn the page. My story is a page turner. Mm. And it's worth reading. Come she on. was like, ooh, and she wrote it down. Yeah, uh, that's right. Like, I was like, Jesus, where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? Anyway, got into that school. We thank God. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Listen, I wish I I wish that I would have known that, like known that these scores are not who I am mm-hmm. early. Like in undergrad, so I was a biology major for like a semester. I was like, this is not it. Like, I can't do this. And then I wasn't, wisdom hadn't set in yet. And I switched to a chemistry, right. which was, mm. which was, 
Listen, it did not work because I got enough C's on my transcript undergrad for you, me, and 10 other people. And I like, in retrospect, I'm like, dang, I could have majored in something I was really passionate about, still taking some of these classes that I need to take and been fine. Because then I went into the MPH program. I think I got one B that mm. entire two years I was in that program and then went into the post-bac program, beast did that too. Mm-hmm. And so, cause it made sense. Like it, it was also taught differently too, but it made sense. I'm like, oh, this works. This makes sense. I like this. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I just wish I knew that too. So I appreciate you for saying that. Like I am not my scores. So to people listening, you're not your scores. Um, the unfortunate thing is that these exams are mandatory. We have to take them to get into whatever, to get into medical school, to get into residency programs. Um, but yeah, that is like really valuable advice. You're not your score. It's a score. It doesn't say how well you, how great of a doctor you'll be. This people that score do extraordinarily well, right? right? And then like you get into a clinical space and they Man. don't know humans. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You yeah. book all their life. They don't know how to say hello. Listen, like, even in school, I'm like, how you, you, good morning. Don't mm-hmm. know with humans. Um, but yeah, so you talked about being, we're going to switch a little bit. You talked about being, um, you're a freelance photographer. And mm-hmm. so one thing, I read a, re- a blog post that you posted that I really love. And I'm, I also have a, a quote from that I want to mention too. But um, you talk about like the duality of the two, like pursuing a career in medicine and also having this passion for photography, but kind of trying to navigate doing both. Like, could I do both? Um, so talk, talk about that. Like, how did you come to the point where like, I can do both and I need to do this in order to thrive? Yeah. Um, Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I mean, when I think back to, I started this in college, so I came into college already knowing that I really loved photography, but like somebody happened to knock my little baby camera out of my hand senior year. So I came to college cameraless. Um, and somehow got a hand on a friend's camera and started shooting things. And at the time that we had a lot of protests um, at UCLA because they were just doing a lot of like fee increases and just things that were really um, just, I, I, just really ostracizing people of color um, back then. And so I was shooting the protests and things like that and started shooting for um, this African-American magazine um, on campus called Nomo. And by the end of first year, Someone offered me $50 to take the graduation photos. And I remember thinking, $50? <laughs> I'm like, oh, $50? You crazy? <laughs> I remember being like, my jaw dang near hit the floor. And I was like, sis, you, you good? You, you, right. go, you go to the doctor? They open still, girl. You know, she's like, no, I love your photos. You know, you mind? Like, you just walk around campus, take a couple... And that was my first little, that was my first little, uh, little check. You know what I'm saying? And after that, it just became like more of like a word of mouth. So then her best friend wanted photos and then his friend wanted some. And then by a second year, maybe I had where, where first year, maybe I had like four or five clients. Second year, I had like 25 come graduation season. Third year, I had like a hundred. Yo, business was booming. Business was booming. <laughs> that season yeah. was my season. And I was raising prices, you know, I was getting a little bold. Right. Because your friends are in your ear, like, no, sis, they got you out there for an hour. You started this, you started, you were toffee color before, sis. Now you dark chocolate. You, right. you, need, to, you need to charge these people right. X amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, 
that's kind of how the business started. I think I'm all, I'm, I also never thought of it necessarily as a business. I enjoyed it so mm-hmm. much. So the hours I might be shooting from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Like have a break to, st- to drink some water, snack on something and just have enjoyed the day completely, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I kind of started there, but it was never, I never, ever called myself a photographer. I decided to take pictures sometimes. Hmm. And, I, and, that's, and that's deep. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I graduated, um, people were like, oh, like Instagram has just started. Um, I accidentally signed up for an account. Don't even know how I did it. Um, and someone's like, oh, you should start one for your photography. Like, that's a great place for you to just, just post your stuff. And then and I was like, nah, why would I do that? I'm going to med school. <laughs> I don't have time for this. You know, like my parents don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're like, camera, what? What are you doing? Don't be distracted. Focus. <laughs> so like, I think for the first, maybe the first summer after I graduated, my friend spent like a couple months just like, girl, you can make this money. You don't have to get another job. You can just be, just do your work, get to pay for med. You'd be able to pay for your MCAT class. You'd be able to do this, this, and this if you just claim that this is you are a photographer and people can hire you. And so maybe by the end of the summer, I got talked into calling myself a photographer. Started this little Instagram page called Shots of Bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, oh, sorry. And honestly, I think I was just like, just still kind of grappling with having to juggle the two. And now that I have these two separate Instagrams, I think that was just a visual picture of me or a picture for me that they couldn't be together. That, med- that myself, medicine, who is what I thought, who was how, was, was how I looked at myself this whole time. Like I'm pursuing medical school, public health. That's one, that's one jar. That is who I am. Mm-hmm. And now this creative side that's emerging, she's separate. So when she's here, the other homegirl, she ain't here. Ooh, that's good. That's I mean, good. It, was, it was deep. And so maybe I had that page for a year before I was like, you know what? I don't like this. Mm-hmm. this is, this is kind of like this is kind of like where I'm kind of there's some tension between me and my parents in that this is me to me photography it is not a hobby especially now I was like I'm making money this is not a hobby I and to me at the time my parents would call it a hobby like very flippantly and that it would hurt mm-hmm. and so I was like you know what by me having this separate Instagram page this is even me saying like that I don't, that I'm not claiming all of this as me. Whether it doesn't matter which hat I'm wearing, this is all me. Take it or leave it, you know? And so maybe I only had that page for a year and I was like, all right, we're closing this down. Because one, I can't manage two Instagrams. I ain't got time to be on Instagram all day. And two, this is, I am one person. And so I ended up merging the two and then just started posting. I feel like I, I just never really posted myself anyways, but I was posting more of like my photos for years. Um, until um, I started posting more of myself on social media and stuff, but it took, it took that, that was like one, like one level up still wasn't fully there. And like saying like, this is all me because once I can't, once I got into med school, that camera was up on the shelf. I was like, I ain't touching that. Now I'm a med student period. I finally made it. We up in the top, we up in the C suite here, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I like photography. I can't, I ain't got time for that at all. I need books. I got to focus. I got a 24-7 setting. Yeah. And maybe six weeks passed before I was like, I feel crazy. 
and I couldn't put my finger on it. And my sister finally, we end up, we, we go to med school together. Okay. And my sister was like, girl, you, you acting like you locked up in a box. You need to get up outside and go take a picture of somebody because you acting, you acting crazy. Yeah. I was like, man, is that what it is? And she's like, yeah, girl, I think that's what it is. So I started doing these like five minute weekly portrait sessions. I'd meet somebody in a coffee shop. I'd say, hey, you mind if I take your picture? Like next week, you just, I'll DM you on Instagram when you're free and we can do, we can shoot those up. And like, I started doing these like weekly portrait sessions. Didn't last long. It's all on my site. Didn't last long. But I think that's what started getting me back into this understanding of like, this is me as a whole person. And there's going to be a time where I'm doing one more than the other. Mm-hmm. But none of them ever need to necessarily be completely paused because that will just put me off of balance. Ooh. And I think that's, and think that's, that, that goes for everyone. Um, that sure, sometimes something else is taking the priority of another thing, but I don't think anything should ever be completely off the table. You need to be true to who you are at all times and just kind of keep adjusting because sometimes you need some more creative than you need um, the medicine aspect. And sometimes you need to be a singer. If that's what you got, you need to be singing once a week if that's what you need to do so that you can maintain your peace. Because I I was losing it. Yeah, yeah. And what I had to realize was this thing, this medical school thing, this medical journey, becoming a physician, ultimately all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be an exam. There's always going to be a thing to study. There's always going to be a whatever. But if you don't feed what feeds you, like if you don't put energy into what really feeds you, mm-hmm. you will literally die. And like first year, I was just like, oh, I need to do this. I need, I just need to study all day long. But you can't even, like when I stopped studying for I would like really take stock of like, I came here at 8 a.m. It is midnight. What have I done between 8 a.m. and midnight where I've not been as productive as I could have? When I stopped like doing that and started doing other stuff, numbers were improving. I was like, okay, yeah. so take a nap. I need to rest. I need to go outside. I need to work out. I need to do, I need to do this. I need to do stuff that, I need to talk to people, do stuff that I enjoy doing. So yeah, that is, you said so much. Girl, I'm like, all these notes, I'm like, dang, I want to ask her this, ask her this. Girl, we could talk about two hours. Um, what I want to go back to and what's been a theme throughout this is you talk about your support system. Um, your sister is gassing you. Like, <laughs> and, t- and, and your friends who made you help really, I'm not going to say force you, but may help you, help you make the shift from saying, oh, I just take pictures to I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. So like, talk about your support system and how you like, who they are and how you can maintain and cultivate those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you know, I think one thing that like just drawing close to the Lord has taught me is that you need some, you need people that can just hold a mirror up to you so you can see who you are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think along these journeys of, of, of medicine, of things that require all of you that you can forget who you are outside of like that craft or that that subject or whatever and so I mean for me and my sister at least we've been we've been on this journey together for a little bit of time like we weren't always close but once we realized like the different struggles that we both had started being more transparent with our burdens and and all of those things I think it became very it became so much easier to encourage each other and to rebuke like the lies like rebuke the negative thoughts that you have in your mind Mm -hmm. because it out loud. Someone can be like, well, what did you just say? 
Oh, heck no. Baby, baby. That's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? And that's the same like with my friends. Like once I started, I had to start practicing that for myself. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a point when I kind of, I fell into like a depression. And when I came out of it, I realized like, you know, this is mainly because you've kept so much in for so long that it finally just weighed you down. Yeah. And you could, and you know, and at the t- at that, for that, for this X amount of time, like you couldn't get up because mm-hmm. you couldn't see past this mountain that you had built out of all these things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I made it like a, a uh, I made it a, a mission to be more transparent. Mm-hmm. Even like on Instagram, sometimes I'll see a picture and it will just remind me of something that God brought me through or remind me of that negative thought that I had that now I'm over here looking back on that thought and been like, I knew you were a lie. Now I really know, you know, and then I'll just write it out, you know? So I became more um, like just on a mission to be transparent and to share the negative thoughts before they took root. Yeah. And that kind of helped her to do the same and then started doing that with my friends and kind of asking that of them because there's so much healing in that doing that with my family. Um, and then with each new friend, because I've been in school all my life, it feels like Girl. each new school, make new friends, mm-hmm. go through struggles together. And you're like, yo, next time, just share it. When you have that crazy thought, tech, just text me. I don't care what time it is. I'm going to call you and be like, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. That ain't the truth. Yeah. You're freaking amazing. You are smart. God brought you here for a reason. You about to kill it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think once we started really practicing that transparency, I mean, it's been, it's been like a cool five years, I think, of me practicing this. Um, that has been life-changing. It's changed the quality of the support I get because now people know what to give to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you out here preaching sermons, child. You out yeah. here. The word, honey. <laughs> the word. You didn't do some things. How to use you. Listen, listen, the whole word. Um, <laughs> um, let me just take it off. Um, so uh, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about um, where you currently are. So you are the current president-elect for SNMA. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't know, it's through the National Medical Association, but I'll yield to you to talk about it. So talk about SNMA and um, the importance of the organization and then also what your vision is for the next year. Yeah, so, ooh, Student National Medical Association, man, it's a family. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hear about um, the SNMA until after um, undergrad. And so for those of you that don't know, the SNMA um, was born, um, of, if you just know, just the historical context of the United States, right? So the American Medical Association was created back in like the 1800s or something. Um, as a space for physicians to come and find support and learn how to advocate for themselves and for their patients. And um, and when the AMA um, was created, Black and, I mean, most minority physicians weren't allowed into the organization. And so the National Medical Association was created first for Black physicians um, in this nation. And so the AMA ended up creating a student section called the American Medical Student Association. And just like the physicians weren't allowed, the black students weren't allowed either. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, 
um, the students at Howard and Meharry uh, Medical Schools back then at the time, um, they decided that they needed to have a space as well for themselves. So out of the NMA came the SNMA. So the SNMA originally was a student section of the NMA, um, but because of the, just the, the robust nature of the work that we do and the, and the nature of the needs of medical students, um, the SNMA separated um, and became their own standalone 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, and so for over, for over 50 years, shoot, we almost 60, but for over 50 years, we've been in this thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, supporting students of color, supporting um, students from underrepresented, underserved um, communities, and also making sure that the work that we do speaks to where the heart of the organization is. So we do a lot of community service, a lot of um, um, work in educating our members in terms of health policy and legislative affairs and um, international affairs, just making sure that we are developing um, culturally excellent um, um, physicians. And so that is, I mean, the base of the SNMA. And so I did not know about the SNMA until after I graduated from college. And SNMA, they have chapters at most medical schools in the nation. And then we have associate members, which are pre-med students, um, that make up our MAPS um, our MAPS um, chapters, which are in different undergrads, um, different undergrads um, institutions. And so again, mine didn't have that either. So I had no clue that they existed until after I graduated. And it is such, a, you get so much support from your SNMA chapter, from your MAPS chapter. And I think after graduating, man, I was alone in college, like from no, no mentors, no advisors, people that I had started my major with or like this pre-med journey, this pre-med grind, they switched majors or dropped out or had to, or had to delay. Or there were so many different reasons. Um, but you just, I just felt really alone, right? So when I learned about the SMA, I was like, bet I'm going to join. I'm going to be all up in that thing. I'm going to have my little family, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be rooting for each other come match day. We out here. Yeah. Um, and so it is, my, it is definitely like an honor to have been elected um, to this position um, as national president. And so I want to make sure that people know that we exist, that people know that we are here to um, support each other on this journey to medicine. It is not easy. It cannot be done alone. And I think that the SNMA does a wonderful job of creating spaces for students to come and feel supported and to come and leave with networks and resources um, to get to the next step of their education, whether you're a pre-med trying to get into medical school or you're a med student trying to land that residency of your dream. So um, I know one thing that I want um, to leave the SNMA with is one, feeling like I was an accessible president, someone that they could, that students could come to talk to and get pointed um, in the right direction. I wanna make sure that students realize that leadership within the SNMA is also accessible, that it is such a safe space for you to come and develop professionally um, and to learn how to find your voice uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to things like um, issues that concern um, our our communities. Um, so yeah, I think I really want to make sure that those that give up their time to serve um, the organization are supported, and also that members know that like the SNMA is here for them, and also for us to invest our time within it for it to last for the next generation to come. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know one of my main focuses is definitely going to be on mental health and trying to figure out how to support 
um, our students, um, especially those that go to med, that are at a med school where there's only one or two black students in, mm-hmm. in the whole entire school, um, which is crazy to think that that's still a thing, but it is. Um, and so I just want to make sure that, that all that at all the conferences um, and the leader in, the leadership institutes that we have that we are making space um, to equip our students, our members with um, coping skills and and methods to address anxiety and address address depression. Um, I think a lot of the things we do for SNMA is is how do we serve others. So learning how to work with that difficult patient, learning how to navigate bias so you can still do your job. I want to make sure that students know how to navigate and, and, and take hold of their own mental health so that they can also be mentally sound too. So. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I will say our SNMA chapter on our campus has been um, gold. It's been a godsend for me. And then also just for our, our campus in general. I know that so in Philly, there's like several in the Philadelphia area, there are like seven medical schools. So there's our school and then there are wow. several. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. A lot of medical schools in the area. In addition to the two schools in Jersey, too. So I'm counting those schools in. And at one of those schools in Jersey, there, at least last year, or the same year that I came in, there was only one Black student in that class. And I thought, girl, how are you making it? So we all got together for like, this is maybe several, this is several months ago. We all got together after Michelle Obama's book came out. That's what it was. We got together for like a little book club meeting. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it was just good to have conversations. So SNMA has created community uh, for me and for so many students on our campus and just been a really good support system. Um, so I'm certainly grateful for SNMA. So <clears throat> along the same vein, I want to ask about um, students like being purposefully engaged in medical school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times the people are in everything and just yeah. like kind of just doing all the things. And so like, why is it important to be purposefully engaged as opposed to just, like, doing all the things? Ain't nobody got time. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, college, maybe you could let that slide. Like, I was in all the things in college, and yeah. it didn't look good on the grades. So I know when I got to medical school, I wouldn't, I don't even like the word, like, non-traditional and traditional, because I'm like, your journey is your journey. Yeah. Like, yeah. no one journey is the same. And so all the years that I spent prior to medical school was honestly preparing me to know who the heck I am, mm-hmm. preparing me to know what my passions are so that by the time I got into medical school, man, I wasn't interested in doing all of the things. I was interested in only doing the things that brought me joy, the things that felt that fulfilled me. Because again, like you had mentioned, kind of, you mentioned earlier, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. So you need to be doing those things that are filling you up. And so that is kind of how I nitpicked what organizations I got into or what I allowed people to nominate me for because people yep. will be so quick to nominate you. Mm-hmm. They know you can say, hey, hello. They'll be like, oh, she speaks. No, 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 I, no, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, 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 I'm an introvert. Bust that. <laughs> so, <laughs> whew, the amount of things people were nominating me for, I was like, does someone, y'all want me to fail? Is this a setup? Listen, like, listen. Like, you got to learn how to say no and literally only do the things that bring you joy. Like, for me, SNMA is work. Mm-hmm. It is work. Because it is literally, it is student run, mm-hmm. period. So you're doing all, all the things you got to do in school, all the checkoffs, all the exams, and then you run in a nonprofit organization with over 7,000 members on the, on the on, uh, you know, for, for T. No, mm-hmm. no, no. So you can't just be doing everything. 
So, I mean, I definitely picked like my two to three things that I was like, all right, I got to be in this. I can't, I can't miss this. Yeah. Uh, and let it go from there because you ain't got time. Yeah. Listen. You got to sleep. Right. Listen, folks will ask me, I remember last year um, where I started to like kind of, I guess you say people started to notice who I was. Um, people were like, hey, can you be the president of this organization? I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know nothing about this organization. I don't want to be the president of Oregon just just cause. Um, I'm picking one thing. This I'm picking these things right here, and I'm good. Like I don't need to be in all the things. I need to just do yeah. these couple of things, and I don't need to be everywhere. Mm-mm. Right. I'm straight on that. I'm straight on that. Um, all right. So about I'm getting ready to go into third year, so I'm curious to know your um your your feedback on this. Like third year is all rotations. For people that don't know, you rotate through all the specialty, most of the specialties. Um, throughout third year and so what has been like the most eye-opening experience for your third year rotations I don't know (laughs) third year is I mean people always say it gets better I think it does I think it's different when you're spending time with patients Mm -hmm. especially if you happen to be in a community that fits your passions um, when I came to MSU, I already knew I wanted to go to Flint and I applied to be in the program that would allow me to come and live in Flint my third and fourth year and do my clinical rotations here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so moving here from Grand Rapids where I was, we, our school, we were in clinical rotation since first year. So it's oh. a little bit different. Like I already had some exposure second year. We were in rotations the whole entire year. Um, and I, and I was just praying for it to be different because in Grand Rapids, it's like very homogenous, mostly white, depending on where you're placed. If you're placed downtown, there's a lot of immigrant populations, but they live far away. So they literally only come to like one or two places. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't get put in those places, you, you were serving some, uh, some rich people, but honestly, just wasn't, it wasn't feeding me, you know? I was like, this isn't why I came to medicine. So moving to Flint has been a breath of fresh air. I don't think there's been, there's been two rotations where I was putting out one family medicine, I was putting an outpatient clinic. Didn't have my population, didn't really have fun. Like I realized I do enjoy the clinical care and like just talking to patients in general, like those were good, but I wasn't over here like super gung-ho to come to work because the exposure, I know how to care. I, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I'm not, I'm not over here saying, like, I only want to treat Black people, Latinos, immigrants. I want to treat everybody. Mm-hmm. But there's still something that, that it hits different when you're treating people that look like you. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. when they see you and they're like, wait, oh, you finna be a doctor? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. That is my favorite. They're like, yeah. oh, you, oh, you, oh, you go to, I even like it on our campus. Like, our, just, like, the, there's like this uh, fortunate side and unfortunate side. So on our campus, you know, in many, many places, most of the people um, who look like you are not necessarily faculty or, you know, they're not teach whatever, but they're support staff. And so, but what I love is they see us and they like, sis, mm-hmm. we're moving for you. Like one of our security guards since, like he's been calling me Dr. Williams for the last two years. Okay. I'm like, my guy, how you doing? And when I walk in, I hear his voice. He's like, what's going on, Dr. I, I look up, I'm like, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels good to know that they see you. 
Um, and for me, I'm like, I'm also representing for y'all. Like I'm all, this is also not just for me. This is for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. I love it. Yeah. Love it. yeah. Like, that's been a major, a major game changer for third year. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question again? The highlight? What was it? The, the most eye-opening experience of third year. Oh, eye-opening. Look, third year, like I said, it'd been a trip. There's so much to talk about. But in terms of eye-opening um, experience, I think um, I think I've learned to have a little bit more grace um, mm. on doctors because it's so often that you hear about the the time when the doctor didn't listen to the patient or brushed the patient off. Yeah, there's a lot on our plate. Yeah, and I can't, and I don't know what it's like to have been doing this for years and to start having. Um, I don't know, start having biases of your own that mm-hmm. kind of grew over time. And so I think I'm just going to, I think I'm walking out of this a little bit more aware that I need to make sure that on a yearly basis, on a biannual basis, I am reflecting and remembering why I came into medicine, mm-hmm. reminding myself to look at people yeah. as individuals and not as a group. Yeah. Um, and, and reminding myself to make sure that I am bringing love into every room. Yeah. I think that that would help me to uh, maintain my humanity um, for patients. I think you can, especially in a place like Flint, you can like, you can kind of smell the despair in the air a little bit, mm. especially in the hospital. Yeah. And so there's a tendency, you, you'd be reading, you'd be doing a chart review before you go in to see a patient nurse writes on their difficult patient does not adherent non-compliant but did you even take time to learn this patient's story yeah you probably don't have the time but don't be documenting stuff when you don't know what someone dealt with to get here in the first place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just making sure i'm like how long will i have this this mentality this mindset or will i become the jaded and write that stuff in somebody's chart so yeah. it's like trying to make sure that i am putting in the reminders wherever I need to, to check myself because it doesn't take, I, I, I see now that it doesn't take, it takes rep- repetitive circumstances of not having enough when it comes to treating someone for you to get to that place. So ev- anyone, it could happen to any of us. Mm-hmm. Don't matter the skin color. Yeah. So it's just, you have to be very intentional and make sure that you're reflecting and checking yourself so you don't get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, like when somebody, I don't know, I can't remember who it was, but one of the doctors told me, he's like, every time, you, every time I go in a room, before I walk in, I pause, and I re- remind myself that this patient is not the patient that I saw before. This is a completely new slate. Let me wipe away whatever's in my mind. I'm going to see a different person. Um, and we also talked about, there was a patient who who seemed to be like, not paying attention, not understanding. He just, did, it seemed like he didn't care. But truthfully, what the doctor said kind of went over his head. Like, yeah, I care about my care, but I don't understand. And so just pausing to say, right, right. And I don't want to say that. And so, yeah, just all those things to think about. So that was really good. That was really good. Um, Okay, so now you're going to go into fourth year, right? Ready. Best year, apparently. That's what everybody say. Fourth year is the best year you get to, you know breathe a little bit, even though you still got to like do audition rotations and all that stuff. Um, yeah. What specialty are you interested in? I'm going into internal medicine. 
Okay, internal medicine. All right, good deal. And so, um, what are you looking forward to for fourth year, and what are you kind of nervous about? Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to being done. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. So I guess I'm looking forward to match day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even match day. I'm looking forward to March 21st because that's when I'm done with classes. Yep. Because I I try to set it up so I get two months off mm-hmm. so I can live my best life. Yes. Uh, and um and my year as president with a bang but um definitely what i'm looking forward to i'm excited for interviews mm-hmm. uh, i'm excited to be on the, the trail and meet my future colleagues because you get to kind of you you just you traveling and you run into a bunch of people you run into some of the same people at some of the same schools and i see a lot of fourth years making um friends mm-hmm. and then getting the chance to match with them too so then you kind of already start to know your cohort before you even get into yeah. I mean, I think that it's going to be an interesting um, experience of meeting people who have been going through similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, you said what I'm, what I'm looking forward to and what I'm not. What you, and what you're nervous about, if anything. Yeah, or concerned about, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing in a way rotation or two. My schedule really, because I'm, I'm, I want to go into GI, okay. right? So I have to go into IM first and then apply for a GI fellowship. And so I want to do um an away rotation in GI um and see what that looks like and see what that what the environment is like um specifically in a place that I would want to go to so I think I'm kind of I'm a little I'm a little nervous because you never I I never know what people's expectations are Mm -hmm. for students um and I don't want to I don't want to uh I want to rise to the occasion you know I don't want to sink so I think that's that's where some of the nerves do come in for sure. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, so let's do some fun questions real quick. Right. Um, so they might be rapid fire, but your answer does not have to be fast. You know, you can okay. think. All right, so if you can only eat pizza or fries for the rest of your life, which one? Pizza, specifically chicken barbecue. Okay. I can uh, do it. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, what is your hype song right now? Did I say chicken barbecue? You did. I think you meant to say barbecue chicken pizza. Oh, but I'm tired. Okay. Yeah, barbecue chicken. I just had to pause. Sis, what did you just say? All right. What's that question? <laughs> What's your hype song right now? Oh. I really, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been listening to worship in 2020. 2020 been rough. Yeah. That, listen, I hear you. Okay. So. <laughs> Ooh, it been rough. You and you can listen, and it could be a worship song, girl. It ain't gotta be um, little baby or the baby or whoever. Right, the baby. Right, right. my baby, the baby. Hey, I'm trying to. My thing is though, I've been listening. I just, I just put it on play, and I don't even know the name of the songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I do. You know the the Sunday choir, the Sunday. Oh, Kanye. Kanye's little choir situation. Rain. I love that song. Okay. All right. I love that song. And Black Habits, D Smoke. Black Habits One, I like that song too. Okay. I don't know who that is. Ooh. I'm I'm gonna look that up though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look him up. All right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been playing um Tasha Cobbs, uh, You Know My Name. Oh. And um oh. listen. I done played that song three times today. Oh. And um there's a song by Jonathan McReynolds called uh Lover of my soul. Mm-hmm. 
And then I will also have to say um, Elevation, uh, Sea of Victory. Listen. What is the one you said was the song? Sea of Victory. It's on that after. Oh, yes, I'm going to see a victory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I yeah. sing in church only. Like, I was sing worship at my church this weekend, but then we had to fly back to Flint last minute. Koro Koro China just met everybody. The virus needs to come down. Ugh. Anyways, I was so ready to worship, girl. Anyways, I'm going to this house. Mm-hmm. Girl, just turn your music up. That's it. Some, listen to some music and just be. Mm. Maybe yeah. a little message if you want to. Yeah. 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 Tasha Cobbs does have one song called... Uh, is it move? Mm. Mm. This is my step one song. So I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it here for all y'all that still gotta take step one. Ooh. This song, when I tell you, mm, let me go to my worship playlist on Spotify. Hold on. Mm-hmm. It is called This Is a Move. This is, all right. Okay. Okay. Oh. I, I I need that now because I'm in the midst of studying for it now, and um, I will say, lo, I, as while we are like while this like the country is shifting because of this um, virus and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's been a little bit of a gift <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. because our campus is is shut down. Well, we've gone to virtual campus for the next two weeks, but to be able to study on it and not have to do mandatory stuff every mm-hmm. other day, I'm like, thank you, Corona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Uh, I can't uh-huh. be mad. I can't be mad at it. I'm good. Good. Utilize it. Listen. Level up on it. Yes. And if I if I watch another sketchy video, I'm going to become a sketchy. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. I'm a sketch girl. It I'm helps a- the future. Farm. Yes. Yeah. Farm. She micro sketchy farm. Um, yeah. uh, so what, uh, if you had to choose books or music? That's bad. I used to live in the library. Um, but at this point in my life, it's music. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Yeah. Yay. Um, favorite photograph you've taken in the last year? Okay, the last month. You know it. I was like, ooh. I've taken a lot of photos in the last year. Because we had the summer off after step one. I was, I was, I was on a mission. Um, but I like the la- the latest photo series that I just did. Those mm-hmm. are very powerful to me. And it was, in the, it was like not even a 10 minute time from where I created it all. I didn't even meet the kids I shot. Um, but yeah, my last photo series was definitely, that was definitely a hit for me. And that was like a Black History Month um, um, project, just kind of showcasing like the importance of role models and the importance of people of color in medicine so that this next generation coming up behind us, not even this next generation, those that are 10 years younger than us can see yeah. in the space and know that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. All right. Um, so last question. And actually I want to read this quote that you, you wrote in your most recent blog that I just thought was amazing. Uh, my journey has impacted many people because I stayed the course and now others can see that they too can hold positions in different fields. We can be multifaceted, embracing every aspect of ourselves, sharing our gifts, talents, and presence to all. So on the back of that, I want to ask you, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? 
Mm. I want my legacy to be that I honored the gift. Mm. Yeah. And the gift, I mean, it's, it can mean many things. The gift that is life. Mm-hmm. Um, the gift that is the, the unique skills and talents that God has given me. Um, that I use them all to the best of my ability. Um, and that people knew that I was Jesus' daughter. Because yeah. I loved people and I loved them well. That's yeah. That's what, that's what I want my legacy to be. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. We met at Armec, uh here in Philly, Region 8, and you have a presence. You have a, you have a presence that commands a room, but also a presence that is um, joyful. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maintain. I wish you well as, I, as the president of SNMA. Um, I wish you well in everything you do as you prepare to, to, to launch into fourth year, but also beyond this, not even, even beyond medical school, beyond this. And um, continue to honor yourself and continue to honor the gift. Yeah. yeah thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. This is such I a beautiful that today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I was the one to drop it off to you. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my.